Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter number 6. Now, if you waited on, the, on a particular scripture, I'm going to read verse 10 first, all right? If you have a digital device, you got to wait on it, <laughs> on the particular verse. <coughs> verse 10 says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for, <laughs> for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Money is after your affection. Money is after our loyalty. Money is after everything about us that we want to direct toward God. Today, many of us are um, wearing jerseys and because uh, here in the States, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Which team are you rooting for? I don't hear much love in this room for either team. The New England Patriots are playing against the Philadelphia Eagles. And they are competing for what is called the Lombardi Trophy. The Patriots are the current champions. They beat... The Atlanta Falcons last year. Let's have a moment of silence. I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna get Lord encourage my spirit now. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, they, but 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 they are competing and they'll play the game today and 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 we'll see who's gonna win. I don't have a prophetic word. I don't know. <laughs> But they are competing for the Lombardi Trophy. I submit to you that there's another competition going on. And the competition is a competition for your heart. A competition to sit literally on the throne of your heart. And we know who one uh, person is, and that's God. We know that God wants our heart. He wants every part of us. Scripture tells us, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Every part of your being we need to love God with. But the second one might be a surprise to you. I think this we, we, we kind of know now since I've kind of let the cat out the bag. But we understand that it is money that wants to rule our hearts. Jesus said in Matthew chapter number six, he said, you cannot serve both God and mammon or money. That's what mammon means. Mammon is money. He didn't even say God or the devil. He said, you cannot serve both God and mammon or money. 
And so today we have to understand money is trying to get our hearts. Listen to this. I got this, uh, this, this from Dr. D, uh, what I'm saying to you today. Money is the number two cause of stress. 76% cited that money and work are the leading causes of their stress. That's the American Psychological Association and the American Institute of Stress. Listen to this. Money, 67%. Work, 65%. And the economy, 60% are the leading sources of stress for Southerners. That's y'all. All y'all. All right. And more than one third say their stress level has increased in the past year. It is quite possible that in the course of a day, people of faith think about money more than they do God. If that's the case, ladies and gentlemen, we need to dethrone money. Because, again, that's that's where it is. That's where the rub is. Money is trying to get my affection. It's trying to get my loyalty. It literally wants to be Lord of my life. And that's the danger of it. No wonder he said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So what we need to do is dethrone. Dethrone simply means to remove from a place of power or prominence. Let's do it by faith in advance. Come on, say, money, I'm dethroning you. I believe 1 Timothy chapter 6 is going to tell us how. The first thing we need to do to dethrone money is strive for contentment. Say that with me. Strive for contentment. Back up to verse number 6. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6. It says, now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Now, now, when you say content there, it is an inner sufficiency that keeps us at peace in spite of outward circumstances. Again, an inner sufficiency, it's inner sufficiency that keeps us at peace in spite of outward circumstances. And we have to strive for contentment. This verse tells us that you, here's the mathematical equation. Godliness plus Contentment is great gain. That's, it, it literally means wealth. It's a wealthy place where if you got, add godliness and contentment. So ladies and gentlemen, we have to make sure that we strive for this contentment. How, how, how are you going to get to this contentment? You got to realize, listen to this, nothing we have is forever. Nothing we have is forever. What are you talking about? He said, you can bring nothing. You brought nothing into this world. And certainly you can carry nothing out. I've seen people do a lot. I've heard of people doing a lot of things, trying to take, bury with their cars, bury with, you know what? 
They just have a buried car and a dead body. You're not going to do anything. And so we have to understand that the enemy is trying to get us from the place of contentment. Hear this. Every ad that you see in terms of commercial is an ad to try to make you buy whatever it is they're selling. And one way they do that is to make you discontent with what you currently have. Example. Everybody knows this iPhone 7 that I have right here in my pocket is old. This is just old. In fact, if I listen to the ads, it's terrible. It's outdated. Now, I bought it last year. But according to the ads, I got, they, listen, the, the iPhone 8 is out. Wait, wait, wait. They were so awesome, they didn't even make a 9. They were straight to 10. So 10 and 8 is what I, I got to have. This is terrible. Who needs an iPhone 7? Throw this thing, you know. And that's how they want to make you feel about it. And if you're not careful, we'll buy in to what the world is selling and we'll find ourselves discontent with everything that we currently have. They always make you think the grass is greener on the other side. Somebody says AstroTurf. Or some some even say the grass is green where you water it. So, so we got to realize that nothing we have is forever. And then we got to determine that everything that we have is sufficient. Here, hear what it says. With this food, look, look at the next, look at the verse right here. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Food and clothing, that means your nourishment and your covering. There's your basic needs. Something to eat and a, a, a roof to live under. Are, are you hearing what, are you hearing that? Now, I heard Dr. Sam Chan say this, everybody has to have an enough line. My question is, what's your enough line? What's your, come on now, how many cars do you need? What's your, and, and, and God has no problem with us having things. He doesn't have a problem with that. But what I'm getting at is this. All of that, if you don't have an enough line, it'll move you off your contentment. It'll move you off your contentment because next thing you know, you got to have, it's not enough that you got food and raiment. You got, it's not enough that you got a job. I got to have more. Are you saying, are you saying, uh, uh, get complacent? I didn't say get complacent. I said get content. And there's a difference between complacency and contentment. Complacency has to do with, you know, I'm not trying. I'm not, there's no, you know, kind of where I am is okay. Contentment is an inward issue. It's an issue of the heart where I am at peace on the inside. If, if, if Elder Ronald came up here in a Bentley, I'm going to be okay with what I'm driving. If they came in with red bottoms, I'm okay with what I have on, these black rubber bottoms. 
Are you understanding what I'm so, so we have to get that. We got to get to a place. I'm not, I, you, I'm not trying to compete with you. I got to get to that place where what I have is enough. And so true contentment comes from godliness in the heart, not wealth in the hand. So the first thing we understand in terms of how we're going to dethrone money is I've got to strive for contentment. Here's another thing. Be careful of cravings. Say it with me, please. Be careful of craving. Don't look at anybody. Just keep looking straight. Be careful of cravings. What do you say? Listen to this. Verse 9 says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Notice, notice, if I'm craving, he says, that craving and desire to get rich. I'm going to be bowling. <laughs> Big bowler. I mean, you know, come on. No, 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 no. That crave, I got to get more. I got to get more. And see, that's fueled by greed. Where, where that craving to be rich. God has no trouble with people being rich, but if there, if there's a, this craving, this lust after riches, he said, what happens is you're going to fall into temptation. It means that you literally are going to get to a place where you start testing the boundaries. <laughs> Thank Dr. D for this right here. She said this. A lot of times we keep going so far to the edge and we get so far that the edge becomes the middle. Cravings. Interestingly, when we start talking about these cravings, he said here, uh, and then you're going to get to temptation and a snare, and you literally going to it's going to end up trapping you, and into many many foolish and harmful lust, many foolish meaning unintelligent and injurious injurious longings for what is forbidden. You start wanting things that's forbidden. And all of this started with the open door where I got to get rich or die trying. That's, a, that's what people say. It's all about the Benjamin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I got to get this. I got to get me another job. I got to get the, then I got to get me a hustle on the side. I got to get, wait a minute. Where, where is God? Where God what, let, can you let God prosper you? Can you let God bless you some? Oh, hey, hey, he do his thing. I do my thing. I'm not saying don't work. Working is of God. If man don't work, he, don't, he shouldn't eat. But what I am saying is this craving for riches. He, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. 
Every generation has had to deal with this issue right here. When you're talking about this desire to be rich, here Paul is writing a few thousand years ago, and here we are in the 21st century dealing with the same thing. With the same thing. And, and so what happens is my cravings come from my heart. When you understand that, in fact, over in Mark, I believe it's chapter 7, Jesus was talking about answering a question because they were concerned that people were eating with unwashed hands. He said, nothing that comes from without will defile a man. He said, what defiles a man are the things that come from within. Then he said, out of the heart. And then he began to give this laundry list. Out of the heart proceeds murder, adultery, all those kinds of things. So he said, the issue is, the issue is this. It's not what's out there. It's what's in here. My cravings. James chapter 1, he starts talking about when a person is drawn away and they fall into sin, they are drawn away by the lust that's on the inside of them. It's me that's the issue. It's not them. Come on, say it's me. So I got to get to a place where I do what the proverb writer said, where I'm guarding my heart. He says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flow the issues of life. So if I find myself craving and craving and craving and craving, I need to do a checkup. I need to do a heart checkup. I need to say, God, here I'm, I'm longing for, I'm craving after, because you don't know what this door is opening what it leads to. According to this, it's a downward spiral. All right. So here we are. To dethrone money, I told you two things so far. I need to strive for contentment and I need to be careful of craving. Say it like you heard me. I need to strive for contentment and I need to be careful of craving. Now, now, now. Since it's Super Bowl Sunday, let me tell you something. About football, what happens is this. They play four quarters. I know that's revelation, isn't it? In football, they have something called halftime. And generally, uh, you know, what happens, a good coach will make a proper assessment of the first half and see what's going on in the game, and then talk to the team and begin to strategize on how to effectively play the second half. If they're behind, they're trying to get rid of some mistakes and clean some things up and score. Uh, Unfortunately, they don't play three quarters, because if they played three quarters, the Falcons would have won last year. (laughs) They would have. If they played three quarters, Georgia Bulldogs. If they played three quarters. But they play. So I want you to understand something. Our coach, the Holy Ghost, pulls us over. Halftime. And he's given us, okay, our first half play. 
And he began to say, this is what I need you to do. I need you to strive for contentment. We got that. Yes, coach. We've been doing it. We've made. And then he say, okay, this next thing I need you to do, first half strategy, this is what I need you to do. I need you to be, watch those cravings. All right, all right. Here we go, second half. Because our coach knows how to win. <laughs> he knows the opponent. He knows every play the opponent is going to get. And what he has for us is enough to put us over into the win zone. <laughs> Verse number 17. And here it is. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. To dethrone money, I need to, here's the third thing, heed the commands. Heed the commands. Verse, because verse 17 says, command those who are rich in this present age. Come on, say, that's me. <coughs> some of y'all don't believe that. Some, some of y'all, let, let, let me just, let me, I'm being very practical. I'm not trying to even declare it by faith. The reason I say that, you live in the United States of America. You live in the U.S. And if you are rich. Now, you may not have every toy that you want. Everything may not be exact, but the truth of the matter is in comparison to the rest of the world, the largest percentage of the world's wealth is in this country. Don't fool yourself. Come on, say I'm rich. I'm rich. So he's talking to you. He's, come on, say he's talking to me in this verse. So he says, command those who are rich. What's the command? Not to be haughty, first one. In other words, be humble. Don't be high-minded and arrogant. You know, there's some people, if you got two nickels to rub together and you, oh my God. God, they think they own everything. You know, you've, you've seen people that got a little something they want to treat others like, you know, like that dirt. Don't you do that? You know what I'm saying? Have you? Let's be real. It's amazing. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Um, I, um, the cars that I had the earlier part of my life were different than the cars that I had in the, in, the la, in, in the current part of my life. And what I mean by that is this. I had some, um, let's, let me, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a, a hoop tease. <laughs> you understand? Car broke down on Memorial Drive and uh, my, I was on the way to the shop. I mean, you know, and my wife was going to come pick me up. Dr. D was going to come and pick me up. And she said, well, I'm on Memorial. Here I am. I literally had to go through the curb. I mean, like, like make a U-turn. The shop was right there. I'm broke down right here. And I just, all I need to do is turn the curb. And she wouldn't go. She wouldn't do anything. And she, I said, honey, uh, uh, she, she said, I'm on my way, but I'm in traffic. The traffic's backed up on Memorial Drive. Well, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I was the cause of the backup. 
they took that car. If I went to a restaurant, you like where they would do valet parking, they never would put it in the front. I mean, you know, it's like, sir, just, just stay right here. We got to go get your car. And I'm, I'm hoping like, okay, Lord, let, them, let it start so they can bring it back to me and I can leave the place. People treat you different. And when I got a, a, a car that was decent, oh, let's park this right in the front, sir. We have your car right. I'm the same guy. Same restaurant. But I was driving a different vehicle. And so what my point is, people begin to measure things, unfortunately, by what you have. Jesus said a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And so don't get haughty when you, when you have a little something. And then he said this, trust God. Look at, look at what the text says. So I told you money wants your trust. He said don't be haughty, verse 17, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. And notice what God does, who gives us all things, richly all things, richly all things, richly all things to enjoy. So listen, listen, listen. Don't wig out if you have stuff. Just thank the Lord for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God gives you what? Richly all things to enjoy. Let me just, let me set some folk free right here. Some money is for you to have some fun. Come on, breathe. I can't believe you told me that in church. Yeah, he gives you, God, the folks, God is, he's very, he lavishes his stuff on us. The man, he has gold driveways. Streets paved with gold. So it's no big deal for him. And then, then but if you have money, notice what he says, do good. Do good works. In other words, let your money be a blessing not just to you but to other people. God doesn't just give you stuff just for you. If all you have you, and what you're thinking about is just for you, you're very limited in the scope of what you have. That's not good stewardship. Come on, say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I believe that. I believe that you guys are really blessed. I believe that I'm blessed to be a blessing. And listen to this. He says, ready to give, to give and willing to share. So don't just do good. Be generous. Be generous. Uh, if you go uh, to a restaurant or something like that, be generous with the tip. Don't say, you know, I work hard for my money. They need to work hard for their... Go ahead. If you purpose in your heart, the person that waters is going to be watered. The generous soul is going to be made fat. And fat, that doesn't mean obese. It means that it's going to be made prosperous. Okay. Then, then, then he said this, investing in eternity. Because he says, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. And so our second half strategy is heed the commands. Heed the commands, what God has said. And listen to me. Hear me, hear me. Let me give you, give you something right here. I believe it's going to help you. Because many of us think that 
the, if we have a surplus, I mean a whole lot, you, you got enough money to burn a wet mule running. <laughs> All right, you know, it's country, right? <clears throat> you got a surplus. We think that we don't have to pay attention to financial decisions. And we, we don't have to, you know, like, it, it doesn't even matter. No, it, the more you have, the better your management has to be. I was listening to a, a, a gentleman talk about this. He said, years ago, when Lincoln had the Navigator, they came out with the Navi Lincoln Navigator, um, he said his children were uh, asking him, Dad, Dad, you're going to buy the Navigator? You're going to buy the Navigator? And he said, these were his words, this gentleman, he said, I had enough money. I could have paid cash for three or four Navigators. So he's rolling like that. He said, but what did I? What do I need with another nav? What do I need with another car? I have a Rolls Royce, and I have this. And he started listing the cars that he has, and and he said, I don't need a navigator. And so my point is, when you you have to heed the command because you have to be under the direction of God, so He can direct you in terms of what to do with His resources. He'll tell you who to give to. He'll tell you who not to give to. Because some people, we think we're giving, but we're enabling. And so we have to make sure that the bottom line of this, money is not the decision maker. It's not the Lord. It wants to be, but I have to dethrone money and let Jesus have no competition for my heart. Amen? We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.